you'd like to open your Bibles to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, we will be there for most of our text this evening. We wrapped up several weeks ago our study on the seven churches in Asia, and um, I've done a few lessons in between, and looking for something that we might do our next series of lessons on. Trey uh, recommended that we do the, the churches in Florida <laughs> as the next lessons. Um, good idea. Uh, I don't know what we could glean from those churches, but uh, instead of doing that, I thought what we might look at for the next um, several lessons are Jesus' parables. Um, lots of things that we can get out of those. Um, we won't look at every single one of them, but I uh, would like to look at several of them. And so tonight what I thought I would do is just spend a few moments, um, just a few moments, talking about parables in general, just kind of as, a, as an introduction, what they mean, um, why Jesus spoke in parables, and, and how we might go about interpreting them for ourselves. And So let's just think about this for a few moments. At, at some point in his ministry, um, in Matthew's account, it's around chapter 13 here, Jesus begins teaching in parables. And in fact, uh, the parables make up over one-third of his teachings. So that's a pretty uh, substantial um, chunk of his, of his teachings that is uh, made up in parables. Um, one thing about parables is they're, they're, they're memorable. They're very effective as a teaching aid. If you think about who doesn't know the parable of the Good Samaritan, even people in the world um, know that one pretty well. So they are indeed quite memorable and they're very effective as a way of teaching. They are both uh, profound, but at the same time very simple, making them uh, some of the most interesting of his teachings, how they can be so very profound, yet so very simple at the same time. So like I said, for the next several Sunday nights, I'd like for us to look at some of these parables. Um, but for this lesson, let's lay some groundwork for our study in parables. So we start by looking, um, as we often do, at, at some definitions and some um, meanings of what we're talking about. So what is parable? What, what does the word mean? It's actually transliterated, which means, uh, a transliterated word means it's a word that, that in the Greek that is basically brought into the English language. It's Englishized, if, if, if you would um, allow me that. Baptism is one of those words. Um, so we have an English version of this Greek word. And the Greek word here is parabole. Um, that's where it comes from. And this basically means a casting alongside. Um, it also means a placing of one thing um, by the side of another, or juxtapositioning is the fancy word for that. It means a comparing, a comparison of one thing to another, a likeness or a similitude. Um, it usually involves a story of human experience or of nature, but then a spiritual lesson can be drawn out of that, and that's the reason for uh, its teaching, is the spiritual lesson that it conveys. A common definition, and you've probably heard this before, you've probably also heard of the, the casting alongside about a parable, 
But it's also can be summed up like this, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Probably heard that somewhere along the way. As far as the structure and the, and the wording of the parables, we can um, learn a few things in general about them. Usually the wording gives a clue about um, the parable itself. Usually it's an indicator that a parable is about to be spoken. For instance, the word like. Uh, many of our Lord's parables uh, will begin, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like. So when we see that, um, a lot of times we can understand that a parable is being spoken. Or the kingdom may be compared to. Anything that, that has that comparison in that might be uh, a parable that we're listening to. There's other obvious road signs that our Lord uses. Sometimes he will come out and say, hear then the parable of so-and-so. Or he might say, listen to another parable. So sometimes it's as clear as that. Um, then there's the general storytelling language, um, like behold, you know, that, that word that kind of gets your attention and lets you know that there's a story about to take place. Or a certain man was. Or suppose such and such. Those kind of storytelling introductions help us to understand that there's a parable about to be spoken. Much of the parable teaching uh, involves lessons about the kingdom. In fact, quite a majority of them uh, do, in fact, and a lot of them says the kingdom of heaven is like. So a lot of the parables are like that. We know from Matthew 4, verse 17, uh, an early message in Jesus' teaching was the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it's not foreign or not unexpected that Jesus would teach a lot about the kingdom in parables because that's the way he began his ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we read in Matthew 13, and verse 11, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So there it is again. So we can look at that and understand a lot of parables contain that phrase. Within the kingdom, there's some further dividing of that that, that can take place. We can talk about the kingdom itself. Um, talk about the king and the king's subjects. So a lot of the parables will fall into those kind of three subcategories as to what it is that they're talking about. The kingdom itself, the king, or the king's subjects. Each of those things are parts of the kingdom. And there's overlap, and there's exceptions to these rules, of course. There's no hard and fast rules when it comes to this. But these are the basic parameters of the parables. Some road signs and some ways to help us understand that we are indeed looking at a parable. So I mentioned at the beginning, you know, that along the way, our Lord began speaking in parables. So why did he do that? Interesting discussion about this, why that he did this. Um, why he did this. Really, there's two reasons, two main reasons that we can look at. One is to hide the truth of the kingdom from unbelievers, while at the same time revealing the truth to the, about the kingdom to believers. So it's really the same uh, coin with two different sides because it's the same message, but it has two different results. It hides and it reveals at the same time. So how does it go about doing that? Well, um, if you're here in Matthew 13, look in verse 11. I quoted part of this just a moment ago, but there, Matthew 13, verse 11, 
Well, actually, back up to verse 10. It says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Verse 11, And he answered and said to them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. So as I said, it's two sides of the same coin here. Jesus is saying, To you it's been granted to know the, the mysteries, but to them it has not. So who is this that he's talking about? Who are the thems that we're talking about? Well, because of the, un the hardness of the unbeliever's heart, they were not going to be able to understand the teaching of Jesus in these parables. It was the unbelievers that would not be able to, to understand. So look in our reading here. Pick up in verse 12 in Matthew 13. It says, For whoever has, to him shall more be given. And he shall have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but, you, but, without, but will not understand. And you will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with the ears they scarcely hear, and they have crossed their eyes, lest they should have see, lest, lest they have crossed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understanding with their heart, and return, and I should heal them. Here are the unbelievers, those with the hard heart, those who keep seeing and keep hearing but do not understand. These are the ones that he's talking about that the the kingdom is going to be hidden in these parables that he's, that, he's, that he's going to be teaching. And by speaking this way, Jesus was able to speak to both groups at the same time, to the believers and the unbelievers at the same time. But only one group would understand the real meaning. And that's the group that, that the, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven was going to be revealed. That would be those who believe. Mark 4, a parallel passage here, Mark 4, verses 10 through 12 says, As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you it has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables. So that while seeing they may not perceive, and while hearing they may not hear and not understand, otherwise they might return and be forgiven. Because of their hardness of hearts, because that they only really wanted to come out and, and see Jesus. A lot of them tried to trip him up. A lot of them tried to, uh, obviously a lot of them were out to kill him. So he began speaking to them in parables so that the message would be hidden to those while at the same time it would be revealed to the believers. And the believers would be blessed by getting these teachings. Back in our reading here in Matthew 13, verses 16 and 17 now, it says, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. You know, this whole idea here, this explanation that Jesus has given about um, these parables. In the past, I didn't fully understand or or best understand what he's talking about here. How could those who have little, that even be taken away? Helps to understand in the context of what Jesus is talking about here. 
these teachings, they're going to have this wonderful, beautiful mysteries of the kingdom revealed or taught, at least, in these parables. And some people aren't even going to understand it. It's right there in plain sight. Yet because of the hardness of their hearts, they're not going to hear the message. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. The people who are receiving these messages about the kingdom are blessed and are better for it. His disciples would benefit from this. Um, the benefit of the parables themselves and from the explanation from him. Look in, um, back in verse 10. It says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Also look over in verses, um, beginning verse 34 of Matthew 13. It says, All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables, and he did not speak to them without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. Notice verse 36. Then he left the multitudes and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. So here's the setting. They had this multitude of people. And Jesus is teaching in parables. And then we know from verse 10, it says, And the disciples came to him. Why do you speak to them in parables? And in verse 36, And the and he left the multitudes and went into the house, and the disciples came into him saying, Explain the parable to us. So there's the disciples' benefit from the idea of coming to Jesus and saying, What is this parable about? The multitudes have gone. They're not going to get the full meaning. Jesus is going to explain to them what the meaning is. One message, two different groups of people hearing the same message. So these parables then, we made the point here that Jesus is saying that the, the kingdom of heaven is revealed, but at the same time is hidden in the same message. So that might be a conundrum for us. It might be, well, how do we go about then interpreting or understanding these parables? So let's lay a little bit of groundwork for that and understand uh, a little bit about these parables. Let's start with what we are not to do. There's some things about parables that we need to be careful that we don't do. And the first thing in that is not to take every detail literally. The parables are told as stories. They are told as um, a story that relates a spiritual meaning. The details in that story are not the story. We'll make a point here in just a minute about it. But the idea here is what we not are not to do is to get bogged down in those details, trying to relate every detail to something spiritual. Sometimes the details are there just to set the story, set the scene, um, fill in the, the details as, as it might go. So we can't take every detail literally. And we can't try to force spiritual meaning in every detail. We do ourselves a disservice if we do that. There's typically one major spiritual theme in a parable. Don't look for a detail. Don't look in the details for spiritual meaning in everything. We look for the main meaning first. Another thing that we can do is to force spiritual meaning, um, force only one spiritual meaning from a parable. Yes, there is a major spiritual meaning, 
But sometimes there's another one. Has to, these things have to harmonize, and there has to be an agreement to the main point of the message. But don't get so lost in the one that you don't see the other. There might be another spiritual meaning in the parable as well. And one thing that we must make sure that we don't do is to use a parable to come up with some new doctrine. To use a parable to come up with a new teaching. The teachings in the Bible are clear. The parables are meant to explain the kingdom of God. They are meant to have us to understand what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. We've got to be very careful in not coming up with new doctrine based out of the parables. Remember, these stories both conceal and reveal. So sometimes the meaning may have to be dug out if they're being delivered in this way. And sometimes we have to dig out the meaning of what it is and square that with the teachings and the sound doctrine that we find in Scripture. So those are some of the things that we shouldn't do when it comes to reading and understanding parables. So what are some things that we should do? And the first is what we've mentioned. We need to find the primary spiritual meaning of the story. That's the reason the story is being given. That's the reason Jesus is teaching the parable, because there's a major spiritual meaning in the words and the story that he is conveying. And as I mentioned, the details serve to set the stage and to give context for the big lesson that the parable is conveying. Look at the language that we spoke of earlier, the details that are there. Uh, understand the details serve the main message and not the other way around. Any kind of storytelling um, class or study would, would back that up. Setting the tone, setting the, um, the setting, um, the characters involved. All those things serve the main message of the parable. So we look for that. Understanding the main truth, any other truths that come from the parable must be in harmony with that parable, first of all. And they must be, as I mentioned, they must be in line with biblical truths and with sound doctrine. These parables can't override or um, you try to glean something out of the parables that would override some other biblical teaching. The main truth is what you look at first. Anything that comes out of that must coincide with the rest of the parable and with biblical principles. By understanding the parable of the sower, which Jesus gives, he explains the parable of the sower, it helps us to understand other parables. And he, and he talks to this to his disciples in, in Mark 4 and verse 14, before explaining the parable of the sower to his disciples, he says, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all other parables or all the parables? So Jesus does the readers, his disciples and the readers, us, a favor by explaining the parable of the sower. And in so doing, he helps us to understand here are the things here, that, that these things represent, but here's the main message. So by understanding that, we have a primer, a prerequisite to understanding the other parables. So those are some of the things that we should look for as we go through our study of the parables. So by understanding the framework and the purpose of the parables, it will help us to, to greater appreciate uh, each one of these as we look at them. They are rich in spiritual meaning. 
as we mentioned in the beginning, who doesn't know the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, people of the world even know of these teachings. So they're very powerful. And the message that they have is something that reveals to us the kingdom of God, reveals to us the kingdom of heaven. And so they're definitely worth a study, and definitely worth greater appreciation and understanding. They're intended to tell us about the kingdom of God and what it means to be a citizen in that kingdom. You know, the kingdom is made up of, uh, of three things, really. The kingdom, the land, the realm, the king, and the citizens. So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, it makes sense that these parables talk about those three things. So as we read and understand and, and better appreciate the parables, we read and understand better about what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom. Because that's what these parables are intended to do. One of the most marvelous things about this is what we read there at the end of verse 35 in Matthew 13. We have the benefit of knowing the things that have been hidden since the foundation of the world. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? God's plan of salvation has been revealed to us completely in Jesus' teachings, in the apostles' teachings, in the letters, the complete word of God. It's been revealed to us. I utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. So our study of parables will help us to understand those hidden things. And what a wonderful uh, archaeological dig that is to better understand these things. That lays some framework for us. Next week we'll begin looking at, at some of these parables, digging into them. Keep in mind this as we go forward, and this is one thing that we mentioned, that there's a spiritual meaning in the earthly story. And that's what we'll be looking for, is the spiritual meaning. The story has details, it has a time setting, it has characters, details that, that fill in the gaps in the story, so to speak. But there's a spiritual message in it, and that's what we're going to be looking for. And that's what will be most beneficial to us. Getting bogged down in the details and trying to assign spiritual things to each one of those details is a disservice. We miss the main meaning of the, of the parable. So I hope you'll be here for that. I know some of you won't be, but look forward to that study. If there's a Anything that we can do for you at this time, we offer an invitation at the close of our service, as we always do. We haven't spoken much about what it takes to become a citizen of the kingdom. That involves following God's plan of salvation, and hearing, and believing, and repenting, and confessing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Upon doing that, you are a candidate for baptism. Baptism puts you into the kingdom. There is no other way to get into the kingdom except through baptism. Paul talks about in Romans 6, about being baptized and coming up out of the water to walk in newness of life. That is what we must do to become part of this kingdom that we're talking about. If you haven't been baptized, you can be. There's opportunity right now. Whereas the child of God, if you stumbled and you need the prayers of the congregation, you can let that be known as well by coming forward as we stand to encourage you.